1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Welcome in to the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Michael Bruns. Brian Christofferson's over there, and it's Tuesday, May 2nd, the, the portal is, you can no longer submit your name into the portal, however, if somebody submitted it very late on April 30th, there's still a chance that they could trickle in there because of the 48 hours to to, to actually enter, but for the most part, I think we've reached the point where... The portal has – it's it's cl- kind of closed. It's like this. It's just slowly mm. closing. So today we're going to review kind of what the attrition looked like for Nebraska. You had a couple of notable names get in there late uh, since we podcasted last. We'll hit on a couple of position groups maybe just to kind of see where things stand there and also finish up with uh, some hoops because Nebraska basketball picked up a cool. former Big Ten player out of the portal so brian is that pretty much a lay of the land
3: yeah i got a question for you though if if the portal door were closing um and you were inside the portal and you saw someone kind of like 25 <laughs> yards away and they kind of wanted to get in the portal would you kind of turn your back or look at the wall in the portal the sidewall, and pretend like you don't see the person or would you put your hand out to in that sliver of space to, to open the portal up again for them.
2: You, you kind of do the thing, I think where you pretend like you're hitting the elevator open button, but you're, you're just hitting the panel. You're not actually oh. hitting the, the open button.
3: <laughs> Have you actually I, done that? No,
2: I haven't. I've thought about it though. I, I keep my arms and legs out of um, public transportation doors gen- by general rule. Like when I, when I was in the Bay area, you'd see people like get an arm in the, in mm-hmm. the BART door to try to, you know, keep the door open and it's not worth it. People like that, those train operators, they don't care. They'll drag you. They'll, they'll, they'll yeah. drag you wherever you want to go. So if the portal closes, you just got to let it go.
3: I know for sure. If I were a college athlete and entered the portal, I would be a name that trickled out today. Cause I'm a late, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a late file, a late filer. I would be the, like the last day, like, yeah, I guess I'm going to do that better, better write it out. And so at, Like 3.32 this afternoon, you'd see Brian Christopherson enter the portal. Of course, that would only be worth like 87 words. um, But You'd you'd be trying to download the portal app right as you're getting to the door. That's (laughs) that's what you'd be doing. Yeah. So uh, it is possible, I guess, someone could, uh, as you say, could be added today. But seeming
2: more and more unlikely by the hour. So where things stand now, Nebraska, as of 10 o'clock on Tuesday, May 2nd, publicly sits at, we, we've got it at 88 scholarships. Mm. And um, if you want to run through kind of some notable guys that entered late, um, AJ Allen's probably the front of mind for me as the guy that jumped in, but who, who stands out to you as kind of um, guys that have entered? I, I can't remember. Casey Thompson has been in since, since you podcasted, but who else stands out to you? <clears throat>
3: Well, the latest entries, on Sunday there was A.J. Allen and there was also Jaleel Martin, who um, defensive back recruit, but I think you wondered about what his situation may be during the spring right, runs because he was in the gray jersey, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because guy like A.J. Rollins was taking off in the gray jersey, but Jaleel kind of stuck in the gray jersey. So he was yeah. working at both receiver and DB, and uh, it's a very crowded DB room. And um, he was a recruit that the last staff fell in love with at a summer camp. He was actually one of those great stories of like how showing up um, like to one of those June camps couldn't can occasionally pay off really big time for a person. Um, But, yeah, I I don't think he uh, was a big surprise, but he was a late entry. I would say of I think there were 10 guys we counted up that entered from Nebraska in this sort of April 15th to April 30th window. And if I were to highlight three, it would be A.J. Allen, Casey Thompson,
2: and probably Stefan Wynn. Am I missing someone? No, I think that's that's the crew, I think, of people that were maybe a little unexpected. Of, of those three, was Stefan Wynn probably the biggest surprise to you? Yeah, probably. Um,
3: because I thought it was more clear that he had a role, you know, like um, that he was going to be somebody who would be important in the defensive line. But that said, in the spring game, it looked like he was sort of running with the second squad. I don't want to make too much of that, but that's what was happening. And then uh, Hutmacher had a really good spring. They really love some of those young D linemen who they can give reps to and I think are going to grow more on the job than we're used to around here. Um, whether you, you're talking about a Cam Lenhardt or a Prince Will. Um, so maybe some of that was made clear in the evaluations they had last week. Of course, that, that's a big part of this. Rule said at the spring game, after the spring game, then that week that followed, they were going to have meetings with all their position coaches, and it would be a very straightforward, this is where you stand right now. And then they would meet with coordinators and Rule himself. And so um, – from what we heard, I take it those guys all got a very good view of this is sort of where you would be on a depth chart at this moment. And um, that probably factored into the decision.
2: So AJ Allen enters later um, in in the process. Um, We've talked all spring and, and during the off season about that running back room. And, and, you know, obviously Matt rule has not been shy about the fact that he liked the way that that group looked. Um, how much does AJ Allen's entry into the transfer portal affect your opinion of that group? Like how, I guess let, let's kind of calculate how big of a loss that is in <clears throat> Nebraska right now. I'm trying to figure out exactly
3: how to frame it. Cause I think it's a, it's a definitely a noteworthy loss. And yet I don't know that it changes my opinion on how they're going to be this fall at all, because I sort of was throughout the spring was coming to the, idea that he wasn't necessarily one of the top two guys at that point now things could have changed when they got to the fall um i and i think that um i don't think that's speaking out of turn either because when you watch the spring game it was grant ramier and uh gabe urban of course uh who were the three guys who are really getting those runs behind the first uh team o line and um so that made me wonder a little bit about where If Allen was maybe third or fourth or or somewhere down the list a little bit at this point, Um, I know this fan base kind of fell for him hard last year because he seemed like a physical Big Ten sort of back in the in the pieces we've seen. We didn't see enough though to know if that's true because he unfortunately suffered that collarbone injury, um, you know, against Oklahoma before he got to go through the Big Ten grind. So he would, I'll put it this way, Browns—he wouldn't be the type of guy if he, if I saw that he popped up in a year or two and ran for 1300 yards somewhere, I could believe that. Um, but I've also, you've covered this long enough to know sometimes, and I I wish him the best first off, but sometimes a player that everybody thinks is really something their first year or so may, sometimes you don't hear as much about them down the road too. So I, 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 I don't think we
2: should act like it's losing Walter Payton yet. He's, he's an interesting case because, he was obviously, he was a big recruiting win. He was a late recruiting win. Um, He was, I I think it's fair to say that he was largely at Nebraska because of his relationship with Brian Applewhite. And, you know, he gets to campus and, you know, I I thought that when he was in the games early last year, he, he brought, he appeared to bring something that was a little bit he had a little bit of a different burst, I thought, mm-hmm. th- than the other backs. I think that's that's fair to say. Um, I, I think also, you know, in some ways, he, he's at least the way he's viewed is, some, is sometimes shaped by how limited of a sample size you have to see a guy. You know, you're getting, you know, I, I need to go back and look how many carries he had last year, but you get a very small sample size of him versus, you know, 200-plus carries of, of Anthony Grant um you know the imagination doesn't run nearly as wild when you have more more to go off of so you know i, I I'm with you I mean I, I think if he goes to the right place i mean i I could see him being a very productive back I thought that he had you know s- some big play potential in him um whenever he carried the ball um but I agree I mean i I, I think the the one two for that that group, that running back group is probably a combination of Grant and Gabe Irvin with Irvin probably being out in front a little bit there. And you you, you have Ramir Johnson there as well, who <laughs> it, it seems like, you know, we have like every reason to discount him or like, you know, it's, it's like year after year, it's like, oh yeah, they still have Ramir Johnson there. yeah. Um, You know, and he's shown that when he's had to go in there that he can be pretty productive. So I, I don't think it changes the picture a ton. I don't think there's a ton of stress over in North Stadium about kind of where things are. Um, and, and I think too, if if you listen to Matt Rule talk about what they want to be offensively and how they want to win win football games, it seems like they would value a a bigger, punishing Big Ten type back, similar to what they had at Temple, versus a guy that's a little bit more of a slasher and and, and that kind of a that kind of a back. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, the way he's spoken about Gabe Irvin right off the bat of spring, I
3: think, I feel like that changed the whole running back conversation when you heard that it was like the first practice, wasn't it? Where he's like, Gabe has been one of the stars of the off season. And you talked about that sort of the idea or the vision of like a 222 pound back in the fourth quarter, just weighing on people. And maybe Gabe could be that guy um, that, that that is kind of a hammer uh, when you need it. Gabe's an interesting case because this staff obviously really likes him. And I think the fan base is just sort of, um, they're not skeptical. I wouldn't say it's more so, I don't know about him yet, you know, like, cause it's, it's, there's been the injuries and stuff that just popped up at different points. And so there hasn't been enough like on film where people feel like they have a great read on Gabe yet. And so I think – I I do think there's a little bit of a wait and see with some people about some of the – like who's actually the top back over there. And then, you know, Anthony Grant was really, um, I would say, grading high in everybody's – you know, if they if they had a sheet out and how the running backs looked like the first half of last season and then the second half was tough. I mean, he was he, – so the biggest part for Anthony – and uh, hopefully this will happen after kind of going back and reviewing last year is not being that East West guy in the Big Ten because it just doesn't work. You know, you can't do that thing where you're maybe at the junior college level, you could uh, kind of dance around and eventually make like a 30 yard run out of it. But sometimes it's not about the home run, as you know, and maybe that's what a Gabe Irvin going to bring to the table. Maybe it's about that guy. Who's like that consistent four yards, four yards? And I'm not saying he can't be more than that, but you know what I mean? Like in the Big Ten, you've just got to have that drum beat um, that's going at that position. So who best does that is going to be, I would say, that the top guy. But I think you're right. If I don't presume to know too much of like what this staff thinks at this point, since they've only been here so many months and we're getting to know them, but having heard real talk about the running backs, I do feel pretty confident if like we had a press setting today with him. And say, how do you feel about that room? He'd be, he wouldn't be, uh, like uh, too sour about what's happened, you know, just because they lost one guy. I think he'd be pretty upbeat. Yeah, was there was there
2: anybody else that that left that you're kind of like, oh, that's, you know, L- Logan Smothers. It felt like you know he he had the the, the long thank you note to fans. I mean, I, I feel like that door is maybe closed a little bit more than maybe what I thought when he entered the portal. I guess. I um you know i will be eager to see where he shows up because i think he can be a productive quarterback in the right offense at the right level um but you know it, it's funny i mean you all offseason we talked about scholarship numbers you know it's like oh nebraska's around 100 how are they going to make this work i mean they're they're down to 88 now i think you probably will see uh a few other guys you know be creatively um Kept on the roster, whether that's, you know, substituting an IL for scholarships or, um, you know, other guys just kind of quietly deciding that they're done with football. Like, I, I, I don't get the sense that, um, you know, that there's going to be much of any stress about, you know, how, how they get to that number. And, and I do kind of wonder too, is, is there, you know, space for, you know, a guy like a, like a Borkature or somebody like that to get a scholarship yeah. out of the deal? Cause I think, I think the staff sees guys, um, you know, who are walk-ons who are going to play bigger roles or guys who are going to be prominent special teams players that that they're going to look to potentially reward with scholarships just, you know, because they, they feel that's the right thing to do.
3: Yeah, I could see that happening. I think they could still actually get below 85 and a couple guys could earn scholarships. I, I said on our board the other day, because I wouldn't say it's consternation about it, but there has been this sort of const this continual conversation about a little bit of worry about getting to the 85 and I just don't think they have been inside the walls over there they kind of knew it would work itself out um I'd rather be yesterday I said it was when they had 89 and I said I'd rather be at 89 than 81 you know what I mean like I'd rather be on that end of it working down um with some you know steps you can do however you want to do it to get to 85 or naturally um, than trying to fill up by the end of this, like seven scholarship spaces, you know. So, I, I think they're actually in the position, um, that you should be in, and probably Nebraska needs to be in more of as it goes forward. Whereas, I felt like they're always there was always, uh, too many openings, I thought, like right before the season. And I love, you know, that I love walk on to I love that's like those stories and writing them and and all that. And a guy like Borchardt probably deserves a scully because he's, I think if you watch a spring game, we, as much as everybody talks about Eric Gilbert and, and Fadone for fair reason, Borkutcher is going to play a whole lot. It seems to me and going to be pretty important to this program for the next three or four years or how many he uh, has left.
2: Yeah, no, I, it, it's funny Well, the walk on things is just always like, it's like catnip for, for writers, right? <laughs> like it, it's just too perfect, especially if it's a fullback, yeah. like, Oh man. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, a, little, a couple more things on football. Uh, NFL draft happened this past weekend. Should we hit on that? We, we can. So, we, we predicted I, – I, I had a very specific prediction about where Trey Palmer was going to go, and I was very, very wrong. Um, both players taken one, almost one after the other in the sixth round. Um, Trey Palmer to the Bucks. And Oshon Mathis to the Rams. Did uh, did any of that surprise you? <laughs> a little bit.
3: I'll I'll speak about an error I made, um, which I think speaks to the surprise a little bit. It was only up for like two minutes, but um, we we I think thought Trey would be the first Husker taken, <laughs> right? So we had a We had a yeah, that story. was the working theory. I mean, everybody, I don't think it's like a big secret that and things like that. Everybody sort of has copy ready, you know, and then you fill in the blanks and I forgot to fill in the blanks (laughs) in the first sentence. I put up Palmer drafted, but I, I forgot to put like, uh, by whom, what round and pick. So that's that's uh for any journalism students that are beginning that's important stuff to get in the story I yeah get that a,
2: get that up high
3: and, and actually get it in the story even if it's like <laughs> the second to last graph um but anyhow uh we corrected that pretty quickly but palmer was not the first guy taken as the point of it mathis actually beats him by two picks and had us in a little bit of a frenzy for like uh 10 minutes as we're you know putting everything up and and all that. Um, I feel good for O'Shawn Mathis. Um, I know if we're just going to be real about it, he's not like one of those guys who Nebraska fans and him, I think like have this warm hug for the next two decades. He came here for one year and it actually didn't probably go exactly like he envisioned it. No. Uh, but I feel like his background at TCU probably was a, a big selling point. You know, he'd had a pretty good resume there and, um, there's a. I heard one analyst on NFL net on the NFL.com say he's a lottery ticket, like he's a guy who, um, you don't know for sure, but you scratch that off, and in three years, who knows, you could have something pretty special. So don't discount that he could do some things. Uh, Trey Palmer, um, I thought would go a little higher, but you know, I, I suppose the thing he'll have to prove. Is that he's more than just the guy who can run past people because it's going to be harder to do at the next level. Unfortunately for him, uh, no knock on the Bucks, but you know they're kind of in transition right now this next year. So I think the first year will be kind of interesting as they're figuring out their QB situation, like post Brady and stuff, and how that works. But you know maybe in a year or so they end up with a pretty elite top top guy too. Um, so maybe you can hope Caleb Williams is there in like a year
0: somebody
2: like that yeah um uh, a, a few guys are, are gonna get shots with teams Garrett Garrett Nelson uh with the Dolphins I'll be eager to see how things kind of transpire for him he he met uh, according to the reports on the metal lot with the Dolphins um yeah. during during uh the pre-draft stuff uh when actually went down for a visit um killed Tanner with the Jets Klarvik got a tryout basically with the Bears, and uh, Brady Weiss, the, the long snapper, uh, caught on with Houston. anybody else I'm forgetting? Vocalek, vocalec with the with the Ravens. That's yeah. right. Okay, so yeah. he's another guy that it feels like the tight end spot. You, you can kind of really work. You you just Jack stole it. Like you you get your foot in the door. Things kind of break your way a little bit, you work hard and, and and maybe you you end up sticking. I could see where he would be a guy that just based on size would potentially, you know, be a he'd be a good practice squad player, I think, but also will, will get long looks just based on you know physical tools.
3: Yeah, I would <clears throat> I would guess so. I'll add one piece of commentary because I saw this a lot on Twitter and stuff about I think you would say maybe it's connected to a guy like Garrett Nelson and somebody who like technically could have come back for one more year. And there's sort of this, sometimes this thought, like people are quick to say, Oh, that guy made a big mistake, you know, or whatever. I, I get what the understanding there is. And like, it would be kind of cool to see Garrett one more year in the Husker uniform. And I don't know what his thought process is right now. Knowing him, he's probably like just full speed ahead. Like, all right, I got my chance now. Let's go make the most of it with the Dolphins. This is a team that liked me. And oh, by the way, you mentioned it. Those teams only get 30 like campus visits where people can come to, you know, to their um, headquarters. And he got one of those. So the Dolphins, I think, genuinely are intrigued by what he can do. But back to the point about guys who have been in college four or five years, there is a season you know, where it's just like, it's time to see what's next. Sometimes like the COVID year that guys were given that extra year, um, I think has kind of messed up the operating order a little bit. And I'll be, I think coaches will be really happy when it's gone, when that's like not really part of the scholarship discussion anymore. And guys are deciding if they want to play a sixth or seventh year of college sports. I would think some coaches would say that's not even healthy. You know, to just be like stuck in that same spot for that long. So um, just factor that in when before you opine on some of these decisions, the guy gives five years to a program. That's a long time of playing or whatever. Was Gary here five years? Was it five?
2: Did well, he, he was he he committed when Bob Diaco was the defensive coordinator. Yeah. Nebraska's been that long. So he's had a, I mean, that's a long relationship with Nebraska.
3: So wish him well and, and just say, you know, he, he gave a a ton of snaps to the, to the university. I mean, there, you just, you could leave it there. Caleb Tanner played more games, as many games as any Huskers ever played at this school, you know. So, um, there's some guys who, uh, who are, you know, like Trey Palmer. Yeah. He could have come back. He was in college four years. You know, it's not like we're talking about guys who are, this is not like one and done conversations from, you know, the NBA or something
2: like that. We can, I guess, transition to, uh, to basketball here. We'll take a short break. And and when we come back, Nebraska basketball getting its point guard, um, we'll hit on that and uh, wrap things up here.
0: eBay motors is here for the ride.
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: All right, Brian, Nebraska basketball has been on the hunt for a point guard. Um, did not go anywhere with Hunter Salas. He ended up with Wake Forest. Uh, Latrell Reitzel um, ended up at Alabama, but they did get a commitment from former Iowa point guard, Aaron Uless, uh on Monday. Kind of a quick, uh, quick relationship there as, as many portal portal commitments tend to be, but take us through kind of what, how that came together. You talked to his dad um, following the visit, how that came together and and maybe I guess what Nebraska um, sold as its vision. Cause Fred Hoiberg's relationship with point guards is always, I think maybe an overlooked one a little bit given mm-hmm. his, his past record. Yeah. And people should
3: not overlook how big a deal, um, sometimes something gets written or said so much that it becomes like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Hoiberg's like NBA background and just, um, sort of the thoughts with recruits and parents of like, that's a guy who has relationships in the league. He knows what it takes to be in the league. He's played in and he's coached in it. I think that's pretty, pretty important in the case of Euless, um, he had a visit last week to Seton Hall and then, um you know, we kind of found out over the weekend, he was probably coming in Lincoln and uh Sunday morning is when that broke and um, they were on their way there, but they did not expect to commit like on the spot. Um, his dad said they had a visit planned with NC state a few days later. Um, and so, you know, that they were going to wrap it up pretty soon, but there was going to be at least one more visit, but they just, when they're in Lincoln, they just, they liked, um, how Hoiberg's offense uh, creates lanes for the point guard. They like how Hoiberg works with shooters individually himself. And maybe that's a part of Aaron's game that can increase with Hoiberg giving direct uh, tutelage to him um, and like shooting the basketball and just adding that part to his game, you know, maybe making him a little bit more of a weapon there. I think this is a really good pickup. I, at first I wasn't as sure and I've just thought about it more and more. I, I just love the fact that he's so big 10 experienced and, you know, people can look at, deep at like the statistics and try to, well, didn't have enough points or assists for my liking or whatever. He started 27 games um, at Iowa and I know Nebraska beat him a couple of times last year, but that was a solid squad that made the NCAA tournament. And so if you're on the, you know, the beginning five for that group, and played the fifth most minutes on that team, Um, you're a solid player. Obviously, it's got great basketball genes in the family. His brother, Tyler, was a a great player, Um, you know, played at Kentucky and was, I think, the 34th pick in the draft at one point. And so, um, you know, this is a family that's used to uh, competing at a high level in basketball. And I I think uh, maybe brings a little calming – uh, there's a calm that comes with this addition, I think, Bruns, because you were sort of you kept looking like who's the point guard, you know, like they they had a couple nice additions and Rink Mass and Bryce Williams, but they weren't there wasn't a point guard yet, and um, at least there's a, a capable guy who's been through the battles now at that spot as you go forward and fill out the last two
2: spots. So the the other name that's still out there, Josiah Alec. Uh, Lincoln native, um, most recently at New Mexico. He's he's visited and um, still going through the process, decision process as of Tuesday morning. W- what do you kind of make, I guess, of of the the reassembly of this roster that Nebraska's done to this point? I mean, you, you've talked to, um, I guess, two or two or three of the the um, the transfers now, but you know, I, I think last year Fred Hoiberg did a pretty good job of kind of making the pieces fit mm-hmm. uh, with, with the second kind of rebuild coming off of last year. And, you know, I guess knowing too, that, that Kese, Kese decision is still out there. Um, wh- What do you kind of make of, of this rebuild to this point? And I guess, what do you see them still needing to add? <clears throat> a guy like Alec wouldn't be bad. He
3: gives you a six, eight, uh, frame. I like the fact that he's got that Lincoln connection. I don't think you make it all about that, but I, I do think last year when you listen to Hoyberg talk about like adding Sam Grisell and just like how much he cared about, like, this is my home, like, and, and guys sort of feed off this guy who cares that much about his home and, and making this thing go. If a guy like Alec did come along, um, you know, that would, uh, that would be, give you a, a little bit of that ingredient Um, I really like rink mass. I mean, I think he was, uh, if you talk about the portal edition so far, um, he's maybe a little different than Derek Walker. And the fact that I don't know that he's the same type of facilitator. We should never take for granted, like how Mm -hmm. impressive that was of, of Walker, where they could play the offense through him and he could distribute so well. And it was funny. Like he would have an occasional game where he had a rough day. Like everybody does where maybe he had five or six turnovers and it's sort of like, oh man, and you forget like it's like a six-nine guy, you know, running a sort of a point guard within the offense. Yeah. Um, and so mass isn't necessarily, I think he can do some of that. I don't know really he can do all that, but what you lose there, maybe you get with a little bit more of an extended um offensive presence. I think he's got a he can fill it up from deep. Um, and Bryce Williams was on a tear. Terror- Uh, from charlotte before he came here i mean he he was uh really on a roll scoring the basketball as we like to say some like to say yeah and so uh six seven guy he gives you length um i i like the ad so far i mean i i i don't know if if they've upgraded or not or it's still level but um i think i think they've really thought out like how the pieces fit together and it's not going to be a, you know, I'm not, I've got to be careful here, but I feel like the, I feel like the teams like two or three years ago, it got to be a little too individual, like within some of those squads. And I think last year you saw just like a real team, like how they mesh together. And um, I think there's been a real thought process throughout this, you know, looking at portal guys, like who actually fits and how do they, would they play off each other? And actually, it's not about just getting a superstar. It's too bad like they didn't get Hunter Salas, maybe, but um, he, he's a big-name recruit. But are you getting the guys that um, fit and will um, work well off of what the other guy's skill set is? And I think uh, you could make the case they've done a decent job of that. So we'll see, though.
2: Yeah, I think there, there's definitely been, I think, more of an eye towards kind of overall chemistry and, and how right. that works. I mean, Banda Mal Grisel both of those guys, you know, as, as veteran players, I think when you add those types of guys to a, a program via transfer, I, I, I think that can really help you more so than just, you know, a guy that might average, you know, five more points a game or, or something like that. Like, I think there's something to be said for, especially when you're, you're trying to fit together all these disparate pieces and, and guys that have played all over the place. I mean, I, I just don't know how you can be successful and, and not have an eye towards that now.
3: And, I mean, we've talked about the additions. You mentioned Kese in passing a bit, but it seems like there's a good possibility now for Nebraska or better than I thought maybe a couple months ago just because if if the decision is between simply like the NBA and returning to college and just putting your name out there to get feedback, um, I like Nebraska in that spot um, as opposed to where you thought maybe it was going to be like, well – maybe heads back to Japan and obviously there's a ton of money there. So if that's off the table, um, I mean, that would be a monster get to have that, that show back for one more year, the way he was filling it up. And so um, that's in a way you could argue that's like a portal addition too, right? Because we were so iffy, we've been iffy about it and we remain so until it's official, but that would be, um, that would be like
2: getting another guy. Yeah, you definitely saw some tickets, I think. If if uh if he comes back. Which never yeah. never hurts. Do you do you,
3: uh do you have a favorite Gordon Lightfoot song? <laughs>
2: uh I don't. No. What what no. You're not big in the Lightfoot catalog? No. What 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 should I be what what do I need to listen to? I know he he passed at uh what 84. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you would be a lightfoot guy. No, so I thought I was like leaving you right, right to the well. No, but, you're, uh, you were doing like the, the 30 seconds of banter at the end. I'm sorry. What, tell me what I should listen to the rest of the day.
3: Well, um, I like, uh, sundown, but, um, I mean, if, if you could read my mind, I mean, that's a, an emotional song that, that, you know, I'm not saying there's dust in the room while you're listening to it, but it's, it, it is one of those songs that can hit you in the fields. It could hit certain guys in the fields, not necessarily me, but it could hit somebody, uh, emotionally. So, uh, yeah, I would say if you could read my mind is my favorite, but what's I know. The, what's
2: other, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. That, that was him, yep. right?
3: Yep. That's, that's the one a lot of people would point to first. Um, but he really didn't have a bat. he'd be one of those guys. You, some, there's some musicians you just wish you could walk into like a, a, you know, like a, dive bar where they're playing on a small stage and there's like 50 people in the room like that type of guy if you could hear that it would be that would be a night i mean you would you'd be walk out of there thinking like that was that was that's something that's uh i'll keep that
2: it was he he was like a couple acts before dylan at newport right before he went electric like i I was i was i didn't know that yeah he he was like like a couple, a couple of acts, and he was like on the stage watching it. I was reading, I was reading last night. I, I was catching That's up kinda... on my, um, Gordon Lightfoot. But Not yeah, enough, I, I don't, apparently. I, I don't. I, I know enough. I don't. I don't really have strong feelings about his catalog. I like.
3: I, I like that you uh, said that though, because sometimes people try to play the game where they act like they care about a musician or a group and they didn't. And that's even that's worse. That's more disrespectful.
2: Yeah, no, I w- I was just uh scrolling late last night reading about Gordon Lightfoot, so I I don't I don't uh I don't profess to like his music.
3: Anyway, sorry for the poor banter to finish it off.
2: Yeah. But that's 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 the podcast for today. We we hit a lot of portal um which I it sounds like we we made it through. We we made it through like we knew we would, but Uh, Check out Husker 24-7, Nebraska coaches on the road uh, during the evaluation period this month. Uh, We're going to start running through some spring position reviews. Uh, Brian's got basketball on lockdown. Nebraska baseball facing an important series this coming weekend at Maryland as they look to lock in a spot in the Big Ten baseball tournament. We'll have all of that and much, much more at Husker 24-7. Get there. Thanks for listening.